Welcome. It's another season of Lion Tales. This is Tanya. Join me, Alvin, and Jojo as we continue to explore and discuss stories from the diaspora. Our voices. Our stories. We still over here roaring. Where y'all at? folks what up what up man welcome hey, back welcome back happy to be here happy yeah. to be here me too what y'all been up to um you know you know I, the way we record i feel like people should know this right yeah. like we we record uh we plan a bunch of apps we record a bunch of apps and then you know we hash out how we want you to receive them connect them and then we release them out so um it's been a while since you heard us but we we saw each other uh, last night yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and yesterday. this morning and but it's still good morning. to see you all again yes. i don't want to i don't want to yeah it's nice that. when we get together to record because we're not usually all in the same place so that's one good thing like yeah the podcast we want to share information but i'm also really happy that i get to see people that i usually don't see with a planned regular frequency yeah yeah i like that, I like that. so that's good did you get a chance to explore the city today with the shitty weather no. I definitely had no <laughs> plans to explore the city since I used to live here and Joe used to, this was uh, Joe's vacation <laughs> home for quite some time. So I feel like, you know, exploration, mm, it was raining. We uh, walked to the uh, shopping center around the corner nice. from and the And had Airbnb. some thing in Ethiopian food. Had some really oh, good. Cool. And we like to promote food black from the businesses diaspora. from the yeah. diaspora. Some Ethiopian food. By yeah. the way, Liberian food has the best food in Africa. <laughs> I'm going to just put that in there. I'm Every just putting it in. It's it. the best food. Do you mm. remember the name of that place? Because I do like Desta. Desta. I think it was Desta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Desta Ethiopian Kitchen, yeah. And it's right over there on Marietta, which we're staying over, you know, that area. Nice. Well, if you get a chance, have some Liberian. Well, you will have a lot when we go to Liberia. So, um, Where's the Liberian restaurant? When you come back, when, <laughs> when you, come back uh, you can be the judge. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but listen, let's get to today's episode. So we're in Atlanta, um, you know, one of the up-and-coming black city in America. Uh, both in the entertainment space as well as uh, technology. So today I'm super excited about, you know, the discussion we're going to talk about hip hop um, influence on technology and investment. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I remember a, a young Dr. Glay uh-huh. telling me uh-huh. he could not see hip hop in all these places and look at it attached to everything like a JPEG. Shout you out to the boy Earl Stevens. <laughs> You went and looked at it a different way. That means Alvin took a little bit of time to grow from what we talked about, right? Yeah, and 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 for me, I want to thank you for that, right? Because right. I, I thought like some of these topics could come off a little too oppositional, right? But by seeing you kind of take information, process it, like change a little, adapt into your thinking, that allowed me to do some of the same, man. So I, I think that was really important for for pushing the pod forward. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, that's growth, you know. Um, you know, taking new information processing it and advancing your knowledge is what i study so um, correct that's me i try i tell people i comment in the moment as, yeah, the, data, exactly. as the data changes then exactly. i'm going to change what i think because that's what the data suggests exactly and you usually do it in a real structured way but um alvin did that autodidactically and remember the first Ooh, episode he was autodidact i love it. are you bringing that back because i brought I can't that even back because alvin it. was like I, what 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 is an autodidact and mm-hmm. i'm like you know people who love to learn on their own mm-hmm. and alvin is used to more structured learning, but this is this is all autodidactic, really, for us and anybody that listens. I think, right? Because right. it's tying together a bunch of stuff that we've already talked about in a real actionable, meaningful way. I think. Right. So 
to bring it back to the conversation today is about you know how hip hop, you know, has influenced technology um, and investing in startups, um, using our hustling mentality and our platform to invest in you know what we see as a gap. Um, you know, there is a recent study that was done by McKinsey, um, basically that shows less than two percent of all venture capital funds. Um, has been geared towards people of color, right? So you think about all the startups in the United States um, that have black founders, all the money, less than 2% of that has been towards people of color. Uh, so what's interesting here is that you have folks who are, you know, in hip hop, uh, athletes, for example, entertainment as well, you know, have used their platform to help plug this gap, right? I love a quote. Um, that you know article that I just read and we'll put this in the link and basically the one of the authors in, in the article said hip-hop really came about because black forces were suppressed right so we create a hip-hop that's a you know basically how to express ourselves so what you're seeing happening now is black ideas are being suppressed because we're not funding them you have smart startups when you look at the Atlanta scene you know there are a lot of tech companies here that are a lot of black entrepreneurs here who are trying to fund each other. Um, so I want that discussion today to say how we're using our platform, you know, to help pluck the gap and support each other in terms of, you know, technology and investment. So I'd love to get your, your point of view on that. Well, my first point of view, which you said not oppositional, not oppositional, but maybe devil's advocate, or it's oppositional is, um, does that, why does it matter or why is it happening? Does does the why matter? Why it's happening? Why we're not getting the funds? I mean, we we we, well, we know we know we know yeah we know the why yeah yeah we know the call that out there okay good point we're, though we need we need to we need to yeah, say these things audibly so people know what that is that is white supremacy and racism that is denying opportunity to these black ideas not denying opportunity to these black ideas they want suppressed. to own them. yeah they, they want to own or, them they want to own them they don't yeah. want to fund you growing your vision right they want it to be their vision right that they want could, that, to remove that they you kind of right. yeah. they want to remove you from it. yeah and so i think that that like i just want to ground everything in that because it no matter what we're talking about a lot of the, the reasoning is systemic injustice and i think people sometimes people call that playing the race card but i'm like no this is what's happening and so we built something for ourselves so relative to your point i think it's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. I think from hip hop, like I don't have the same insights as JoJo has relative to what are those mechanisms or what are those structures that made it happen. But what I will say is it's probably one of the first spaces where we're like, look, we're doing this our own way because they're not letting us in. It's sort of like the premise of the podcast, Lion Tales. This is our story, this is our mm -hmm. thing, and this is what works for us. So I think that it's gonna work in any industry. It's not just investment and tech when we get together and we have a history of a communal approach or self-funding approach because those barriers are there. So I don't know. It's what I would expect it to happen. Right. Mm. Was that, Joe, a, was that Joe, an answer? What, what about? So, um, you know, I, I'll be honest. Like, this isn't, I used to spend, and my, my mom tells me about this a lot. I used to be, like, centered on money. Like, when I was, like, five or six. Mm -hmm. Like, I would write things at school, like, hey, I, I like my dad the best when he gave me my allowance. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Sure. I made decisions in my life that cost me large chunks of my life solely for financial gain, right? So I don't really think of finances as a path to freedom, so I don't really look at capitalism in that way. Um, and I would expect black ideas to not be funded. 
and I would expect black people to turn sugar to shit because that's what we do. Um, not only was hip hop a voice for the voiceless, it was a way for us to take our stuff, our sounds, um, and 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 kind of have these events because it started as sound clashes, parties, right. all those things. Those were black businesses too, right? Like so, we were finding ways to support ourselves, and as that support grew, grew, and grew, just like anything else, white people tried to take it and commodify it themselves, and that's right. what we're seeing with the black ideas in the tech space. Right. Um, and so that's why I think some of those guerrilla tactics that we use in hip hop work well there. Right. As well. But you know, you know what's fascinating to me is that a lot of people see you know artists for example they just see them as entertainers mm -hmm. right you make great music um, you put it out there and you're an entertainer and that's it um, and one of the most fascinating story fascinating story for me from a hip-hop artist was chameleon there um, where when he you know people know chameleon there you see him in ride and you know um, they just know about his music and hair bumping from Houston and whatnot mm -hmm. Um, but this guy came in and he saw how the business model worked, the music industry, and he said, wait a minute, you know, I need to change this. And he started educating himself using this platform. So with, with Chameleon Air, um, yeah, that's a great point, man. The, the certain scenes in hip hop had a real out the trunk model, right? The Houston scene uh, is a, was a very direct to consumer model long before other parts of the industry adapted that. So they were selling records out their trunk. They were giving their stuff directly to the people who wanted to hear it long before that became Jay-Z's thing or all these, you know, all the other acts that we may know that way. That has always been a thing in the South and the West. The, the two shorts, the E-40s, um, they influenced the Master P's who right. even took that down there to influence the babies and all of those things. Right. Um, so I, I, I think Chameleon Air happened to be from a section of hip hop that always had that mentality of understanding the business and making sure the business was in order. And one of the reasons that uh, the people in, in tech took an interest in Chameleon Air was his ability to speak directly to the consumer. It, right. it's, in the, it's in one of the articles I, I pulled on him um, that, that that is how he got his opportunity. So when we see that happen for other hip-hop artists, I mean, I would just assume that that's just because that's the way their mind works. Like, right. that's the way they've been thinking. And so, hey, if I have a new thing, I'm going to apply my way of thinking to it, and let's let's see how this, this turns out. Right. And Go ahead. Oh, and I think that it's interesting because you mentioned that about Chameleon Air, and you mentioned this about like this gorilla. It's 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 marketing still. We talk about what we do, but the thing that they love about them is ability to reach people, get out there like that street marketing, word of mouth marketing, and I think that all of the premise below underneath of this is just we're very adaptable. That's the thing now, right? That tech is the next generation of that street team street hustle kind of thing right that now you have different tools to enable it maybe and it makes me think of like nippy nipsey hustle first like talking about vertical integration like mm -hmm. company speak um i don't remember the thing like where he you can scan on a tag from something that you had bought there and you get like a snippet of a video or right, something, right, right, right 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 that he's doing all of these tech things but he was doing those things anyway, and then tech came into play, so it's like, how did they integrate it into what they were already doing? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, it does. You know, for me, what's, what's interesting is that when we think about supporting artists, we think about, you know, hip-hop in itself, it's the number one revenue generator in, in the music industry, right? Um, and we think about supporting our own, we just think about funding them and their music and then consuming that. Right, and that's it. We think that's what the money stops. 
but the reason I want to have this conversation is that to me the money doesn't stop there. These guys are seeing a gap in technology, are seeing a gap in how do we support black founders and entrepreneurs which then spread the wealth. We talk about Chameleonier as an example, right? Nas is another one, right? Partner with Google recently, they did a twenty million dollar fund of a South African, you know, mobile company. That is all because we supported his music. And now he's on this platform that he can then help, you know, put money into the diaspora. So, so for me, I think that's also where some of my conflicts arise. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, because, and again, I, I say this regularly, I know that we have to use capitalism to find some comfort here, right? Like, you cannot exist in America on zero dollars. It right. is a very, very, mm -hmm. very rough life. So I'm not saying that people should not go out here, pursue a living, do what's best for them and their families by all means. Um, but what happens often, I think, with a lot of, what happens with this this sort of capitalism is we make it, it turns into celebrity worship. Um, where, whereas, like, I don't, it's not that I don't think Ron has a, a good heart when right. he's doing these things. I, I, I believe he's doing, operating from a really good space. I think he's doing what he thinks is best. Right. Um, but that still doesn't change the fact that uh, because Nike pays him and that does fund some of these other things he does when Nike is wrong on a situation or or when the NBA is wrong on a situation or kind of missteps on speaking on Hong Kong or you're you know you, you don't ever criticize Nike about maybe some of the clouds over their labor or use of Muslim labor in China right you know so a lot of these places that we're taking these ideas or that we're getting money from for our ideas, they actually still harm black people and minorities too. Right. So we're making them more money as well to continue harming us. I think that's a good point because there's a section of this and I was looking for it while we were talking. Hip hop artists unparalleled multi-pronged approach to the business grind almost never slept, right? And to me, I know that we're talking about how does hip hop bring that mentality to plug in holes and tech or an investment but i i do want to key on the underlying fact of the grind almost never slept that's the toxic side of capitalism right mm -hmm. that i i made a video unrelated on my tiktok to say that it's like t i do well in capitalism because capitalism is a thing that is here that's how i get money which is a utility to do the things that i want to do but i'm very aware this is toxic right that never slept people should sleep mm -hmm. like that you, you why are we putting one group of people in a position where they have to grind endlessly to get things that other people are getting. And I know it feels a little bit off topic, but I think it's tangential to the topic, right? That there is, relative to Joe's point, there's a little bit of bad in this. There's a little bit of conflict in it. This is great. Is but, there a better way for... But it, here, here is my, my counter to that. Mm -hmm. If you think about, you know, recently... Um, I partner with a woman to, um, we created a startup, in essence, to democratize continuing education for, for adults, right? Trying to talk about fight, the access to education costs, and so forth and so on. The same thing we're talking about, less than 2% of all funding goes to minority black folks, right? And if you're a founder, you're working hard already, you have a great idea. And no matter how great it is, and you stand in front of all white, you know, venture capitalists who have the dollars, and they're saying, I'm not going to fund you because of the color of your skin. 
I right. think that should have been the expectation going in. You, yeah. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, that's but it's it's basically happen. if you have you need that access, right? We we've talked about all along about the systematic uh, systematic barriers already exist, and we know that. But we need the funds, right? So we're going in saying, okay, I can try to change these people's mind, and and that doesn't happen. So for me, what I truly truly admire, you know, what's happening in hip hop, right? And we're just talking about hip hop as one the influence and investment in tech and whatnot that. We're using our hustler mentality, our natural talent, to be entertainers, right? Put out great music, right? Or if we're an athlete, we're great at basketball, and we get compensated for that. And then we take that, and we say, you know what? I'm going to start a venture capitalist fund to uh, provide resources to black entrepreneurs. And for me, that's the power that I see that these guys are using that. So the stuff you're talking about with like Braun, where he's partnering with Nike and all that, and he has a tight lip when something he knows is truly wrong, but he can't say it because if he says it, he's going to lose all his endorsement. I, I don't think he would lose it, and that's right? that's usually where my rub is, right? Like, So someone like Braun could probably have a conversation with Phil Knight, like, hey, hey, bro, th- I'm feeling this, and Braun is probably big enough to not possibly. maybe not change it, but for him to listen. And just to tie in the current stuff, that's kind of like the same thing with Deion Sanders. Correct. Like Deion is big enough to be like, no, I'm not going to go over there. I'm going to keep my talent here because if my talent stays here, then I can attract money here. Right. right. But what usually happens and what I observe is, you know, to get money, we leave our area and then we never go back and impact that talent. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with a lot of these funds because a lot of the things that I saw in my research for the things that they did start the, the money-making things that they contributed to were white companies. Um, and that's not bad. I'm not, you have to do stuff to earn money. Right. But and we th- live here. Yeah, like, hey, who would have known 15 years ago that a contribution to, you know, Twitter would have ended up being as anti-black as it is right this very moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't think people went into those things maybe necessarily thinking, like, oh, this is going to be bad for, you know, this is going to end up bad for us. But I think we can be honest when these things turn bad and be like, oh, okay, maybe I went in thinking about how much money I could make and not what is the total impact of this investment going to be on my people. Am I am I closing the gap? Mm-hmm. Or, or am I making Nike so much money that Phil Knight can de- can donate to a, to a Trumper in Oregon, mm-hmm. um, which is going to impact the lives of all those black designers that make your shoes. Right. You know, you know which what I'm is saying? what he is doing. I just want to throw it out there. Nike is donating a lot of money to Republicans. That's the truth, right? Right. So that's a real life example of is it is it doing what we think that it's doing? I mean, and, and I don't want to think say I don't want that to sound like I'm saying it's not. I think that Braun has a net positive of, yes. uh, impact, and I right, think he right. does. 100%. I think he does a calculus because I, I he knows his life. He lives in a, a world that I don't know. Right. Um, and I think he's sharp enough and smart enough in what I've observed that I don't think they're getting stuff by him. Right. I, I don't think it's going by him. Like, I don't think he's unaware. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I say those things about those situations, I think he's aware. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm not going to push there because I do want to fund my I Promise School. I'm not mad at that. Right. You know Cost benefit analysis. Yeah, I, right. I, think, I think he's doing those things. I just mean yeah. from the outside, when I'm looking at what to celebrate or not, right. how am I going to talk about it? Right. So I'm going to talk about it this way. Like, I think... Braun does a lot of good, and I think that's where his heart is. So that's how I talk about it. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I feel like I'm aligned with that. Like sometimes it's I'm co-signing Joe, so that's all I'm saying is I'm <laughs> I'm co-signing this. I feel 
the same pain about the, the capitalism, but I also work in it. So that conflict that mm-hmm. you're talking about, LeBron, had, I work in pharmaceuticals. So my God, I'm in conflict with a lot of stuff. But so I get it, it was important for you to be there. And yeah. we can't tell your whole pharmaceutical journey here, and we won't try to. Right. But what you did in that space was try to make it more palatable, palatable for people like you. Yep, and that is why I went there. People like me relative to color and the fact that I have a, a condition. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. and you're and you are a woman who was in charge of a, a major department, all of those things that we know, misogyny things. in the workplace. We know that the misogyny and the racism overlap in the workplace. We know that that overlaps in, in tech as well. Right. Because black women. Right. Are going to run into even more problems than black men in those spaces because they always run into more problems than black men, even though black men don't want to admit that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's a good point. Right. Because it even further solidifies your LeBron point. So it's, it's the point that. So we talk about how they're using their platform, you know, in essence, to help bridge a gap. But there are some blind spots, right, that we talked about. Um, how can they then, you know, help break some of those systematic blind spots we were talking about? Here? Is it necessarily a blind spot or is it we know these things are here, but that is some of the cost of of some of the progress or some of the moving into those spaces. It may not even be a blind spot, but it could be some of the things that we said at the beginning. It's like this because there's systemic injustice. Mm-hmm. Like you have this space, you're in the space. Let's talk about the thing that's happening because without delving deep, I think that's what happens with my approach to the pharmaceutical industry. This is a problem. I am here. I am working hard, so I'm bought into this work that we're doing. That doesn't mean that we don't also address this thing. Well, I mean, but so here is my sort of, you know, pushback on that just a little bit. We are in a capitalist society, which is America, right? Uh, Money. And we should not be. Let's focus there, and that's why I'm talking like that. Capitalism has sustained our subjugation. That is is what capitalism is. That's fair. But can we change that? Not by trying to outcapitalist them. That is why I don't celebrate these things that way. We are never going to outcapitalist people who created capitalism to freedom. Sure, sure. So, one hundred percent align there. So, I guess my question for you then is, if we are people are influenced like the LeBron of the world, the Jay Z of the world, right, or even Mac- Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan, can they do more to help? Well, break well, down some of these barriers. I don't. I don't Again, with the celebrity worship thing that I was referencing a little bit earlier, I don't think that it's their responsibility to to be the only people doing that for us. So I'm not going to say. But I'm saying collectively because they do have influence. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's I guess that's what I mean. How far do I want Jay-Z's influence to go? Like he's a pretty influential cat. He influences a lot of stuff like those shoes you had on yesterday. That's because of Jay-Z, even though you didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like he went to Puma and Puma's business changed. Right? Like mm. I have on Puma's this this deal that this rapper got, that's because of Jay-Z. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like his influence is so far reaching, just like hip hop, he's influencing things that you don't know he influenced. Right. So he's doing a lot more than the could he do more that you're considering. Right. And I think that for me, Alvin, you know, when that argument is made, I'm why why do we always have to do more? Why does anyone have to do more it seems like and i know that that is a legacy of systemic racism systemic injustice but this onus for anyone to have to do more because they are entertainers they're fantastic at that or they're an athlete 
and they're fantastic at that. Is it right for us to ask them to do more? Like, do they need to do that work? And I think there's a danger in it. And we saw it real time in the other rapper. I don't mention his name in my spaces. Yeah, that's the danger of feeding someone's ego and telling them they're genius and we need them to help us. We never needed him that way. Right. We just needed him to be him, bring the joy he brought to the space and grow from there. You're not our leader. We don't need you to be our leader. It's fine for you to contribute. Right. Speak and live like that. Right. Like, and that's what I want for Jay-Z, Braun, and all those people. I'm happy with the work they do. I don't think they owe me any more work. But if something they do is counter to what they say, I'm going to be like, hey, man, that wasn't about helping black people. That was about you getting access to something. That was Jay-Z's deal with the NFL. Mm-hmm. That didn't have nothing to do with helping black people. That was about helping Jay-Z. That does not mean that Jay-Z doesn't do a lot of stuff to help black people. Right. Mm-hmm. But in that particular instance, I can call that out and say, hey, man, we don't need your influence right here. We're not past kneeling. Mm-hmm. You're, out, you're out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Oh, we both. <laughs> so you said, because you said the collective, and that's what I think, the collective. If it's the collective, why is the onus on those people? Because if it's truly the collective, you're really good at research and analytics. If one of these folks starts a company or someone that is in the public eye, go get those people and let them do that work. So it's not how do you do more put the right people in place right if you put the right people in place on your team they're going to further things and it also helps them and helps us I think that there's a different approach than silo in it because there's so many people that could take that opportunity that probably trained for or have experience in that opportunity so there is almost a negative in siloing too much of it to folks in that respect mm. Um, you know, there, there's been some, <laughs> it's funny, we started the discussion talking about the positive influence on hip hop and how we're giving back to the community and funding and, and bridging the gap. But then we're also talking about, which are obvious point that we need to talk about the negative implication of some of those things. Um, one and I don't think the negative is coming from them. I do want to clarify that because yeah, right. sure, I don't want it to be like, it's like, what are these black it. people? Right. It's the system correct. that they're in, not the mm-hmm. people correct. that correct. are doing Because I, I love and, and all these people and celebrate all these things. We're just monitoring when the system could potentially corrupt the good thing that they have going. That's, right. that's all That's all we're kind of kind of referencing there. It's right. like, okay, we, we're on to something here. All right, we got something. We're investing in some things. Like I, Me and my sister have this conversation all the time. I do want you to buy black. Because black people need comfort in this system. And so it is more comfortable for black people if we spend money in our community and make our existence easier here. I am 100% for all of that. Right. Um, I think we falter a bit when we sell that as a solution to getting out of the system. That's the only thing. Um, all, all the other stuff is good. It's just not going to make us free if, you know, to be able, like, it's not going to happen. Now, we may get the funding in things if we ever achieve freedom because that would mean that those people don't view us that way anymore right that change has to come from them like we don't have hate and all those things toward them we have hate toward the actions and the systems they put in place that oppress us so we talk about those things we're not talking about people right so i i I guess my my (laughs) my my question is how do you change someone else's mind? I to I would a, not. Would set. I would not claim to possess the ability to change someone else's mind. That's never my goal. Like I can't change someone's mind. I can continuously introduce new information 
until they change their mind. Right. Yeah, if they're going to change their mind. Because I have nothing to do with that. Because what we're saying here, there are people, i.e. white folks, who believe that they're better mm-hmm. human being than we are, mm-hmm. superior than we are, i.e. racism, right? And we have, and they've put in place systems and barriers to suppress us, our ideas, our voices. But then there are a few people who've either they've succumbed to that pressure to say, I'm going to give myself up so I can play it in this ecosystem, right? So I can be accepted. And then within that, they're attempting to help break some of those barriers, but they're handcuffed because they can't say so much as they're playing in the system. Um, and But I, you can be I, in the system and, and you can and say, say a lot say of a lot. And ironically enough, if you do that and you stay the course, they may hate you. They may say all kind of foul things about you. They may even throw you in jail. But eventually, they realize they was wrong, and they call you the greatest. That's MLK. That's Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and Muhammad Ali, but I, right, that's Muhammad Ali, but the mm-hmm. greatest. But I, similar things to everyone. I think that everyone, not everyone, but there are a lot of black people who are in the spotlight that things happen to, they're against it, and now they're for it, right? That you stayed the course. Muhammad Ali, so I'm adding on MLK. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, MLK, he went to jail for, he went to jail. For the stuff that white people killed him okay they hated him yes and now they put his picture up and act like they loved him you're the reason he's not here yeah and i say that like they're like be like him okay it's like y'all hated him until y'all killed him and then he was something right right and so when it's you're in the system how do you not succumb to it no i just thought about what year it is now you know it's a little later but you know what i'm saying yeah. they were the reason he got taken right. from earth <laughs> right. yeah and i think that this idea some of this is just rooted in deeply in capitalism and it sounds like over here on on this flank we're rejecting the capitalism but we're in the capitalism too and i think that's our the point right I mean, is we're here we have to be in it this is the way that i do it if i'm consistent in my approach you might not like me but people also respect consistency and one of the things i saw in one of the articles you sent that i found interesting mm-hmm. um all the funds that you sent everyone right. had their funds and everything right Pharrell's was a non-profit. Okay. That's a different cat. He different than all the other cats. His joint was not set yeah, up. Yeah, but, but so let's be careful with that, though. So I don't know their entire setup, but you can make a lot of money through a non-profit. You, you, you can. You can. You, you can. But there's also a mission statement, and there's rules about how you have to spend that money, how you have to account for that money, and all those things that are that, a lot different than that, traditional that capitalism. Is, that is true. That is true. And it, it means that his books are open, and you could go in there and see what he pays himself out of that and all of those things. That That is true. But there are also, you know, capitalist mechanism through a nonprofit. For, for sure. For sure. Right. And I'm sure he donates some of his own money to that Correct. to clean it up. Yep. And, and what that is, is that is keeping money in the black community instead of going into the U.S. government. Right. So 100% support that. So the point I was trying to get at before that, just a little bit, we cannot escape capitalism in this country. Because of that, a lot of our people believe that if they make so much money, they can somehow get out of you know, the poverty, the access restriction, all that. and we know, we all know here that's not true, but it relieves some of that burden from them. And for me, what I admire about the influence for these guys who come out 
from the hood, let's say a Nas, for example, who came through hip hop and Jay Z or whatever, and they grew up, that they're saying, I'm going to create a fund. I'm going to take an inspiring black founder. He may or may not, or he may be partnering with a white guy, whatever it is, but he has to be a majority founder or so whatever, and fund his idea, right? And then I'm going to look for another black founder and fund his idea. That's helping them break generation wealth gap and set the children and their children enter for me that's the positive that i see are you so, saying I'm yeah, sorry, no go you go ahead i think because are I think you we're saying that this is question. important because we have to participate in capitalism so this funding of venture capitalism because there are all kinds of ways that we can further ourselves and further business and further our position without it being funding for venture capitalists i think we had a little discussion at the house and it was like oh two percent of founders at VC companies or two percent of black tech companies get VC funding, whatever it is, and I was like, "But so what? What if we want to do something different? Does it have to be this path?" No, yes, no, no, capitalism. No, okay, I thought we were saying the same thing, and and that's not the question I had. Um, but that is is very interesting. I I misunderstood. I think what you were saying originally, and this is also a new angle, so I don't know. Okay. Any, so you're saying that can these athletes entertainers whatever take their money and make enough of a difference through their venture funding to after you know to black people to make a difference correct that's, correct oh no that's that's my answer to that no no okay so they can do enough to make some people comfortable but that's not going to do anything to improve our situation right. in the world at all well yeah no but it, they can make a dent right for me there's a snowballing effect well see i i, I guess that just depends on where you see what being the mechanism of change i don't think us having more money and and more things is going to make white people view us well yeah different. of course so it, okay. so i think so that let, thinking let, would have to exactly. change to create a snowball exactly. effect so let me, yeah. let me take a it step feels back. like the foundation is money and that's probably the best, more succinct way to say it i don't know that i believe the foundation is money right money is a tool correct but i don't think money is the foundation nor the desire to have a ton of it so money is not going to change you know, some of the, the legislative issues in this country. It's not going to change it, right? Um, money is not going to change how people believe, you know, that they're superior to black folks or not. That said, it can help with some of the stuff we were talking about yesterday mm -hmm. about access to education, quality education, access to good health, access to good food, access to education, so those are the things by funding some of these black founders and entrepreneur helps. Yeah, and I think that's where we, we got to look at the path again, though, right? Like, so, yes, all of those things are true. Yeah, it can help with education. It can help with all those things. But education doesn't mean that black people's standing has improved either. Like, you're not any better as a black person because you're more educated. You're I guess I still substitute education for money. Education in and of itself yeah. is not going to move. And I know that, and listen, we've been taught that a lot, not just people from the continent, not just people from the Caribbean. We were taught that here too. You get an education, things change. Well, we got educated. I've been working for 20 years. Shit's still fucked up, man. Ain't much changed. Fucked yeah, up. But so huh. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll press against that for a little bit. You got educated. You became more aware of all my of awareness the, did not come from my I didn't education. Need to do it because my awareness of came from my mama. I, I yeah. was at home with my mama until I was five. I could read before I got there. Uh, at I three. knew time before I got there. 
I was going to college classes with her before I got there, before I got to school. None of that came through no education system. Okay, but he did it autodidactically. No, I was taught. <laughs> you my know, mom. mom taught it, but it wasn't it wasn't your class. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right, you absorb. What I'm learning. saying is we're using our own experiences, but I'm saying there's a lot of people out there that just don't have the opportunity to learn things that we know because they don't have the access to do so. And there are a lot of Ed, there are way more educated black people in America from this education <laughs> system true. than there was however many true. years ago. It ain't too much changed. It ain't. That's not gonna do it. Like we may have to consider what happens if we say, "Oh, capitalism doesn't work for us. Fuck y'all. We're not participating no more." So the NBA would go out of business. The NFL would go out of business. Well, it wouldn't go out of business. The product would be terrible. Okay. No, people wouldn't watch that. You know what okay. I'm saying? Fashion, uh, houses, things like that. The the spread of even the high luxury fashion brands that wouldn't occur the same way. We okay. made that happen. Okay. You know what I mean? The the spread of certain foods, popularizing certain dishes, dances, culture, all it wouldn't happen without us. You guys have at it. If you want us back, let's come up with a system that's better for us. Cause this one that y'all created, we ain't we ain't fucking with it no more. I that is extremely uncomfortable. Correct. I get it. Correct. And so but, we would rather make some dollars be cool, and that's cool. But just know that it's not going to change that way. Sure. So <laughs> but anything you participate in is not going to change without something radical. Change is actually absolutely sudden agreement and absolute. Of of sudden and absolute. It's your participation. I do it too. I'm not saying acceptance. that. It's not, I'm, no, 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 of I course. definitely yeah, do it. Yeah. So right? it's being honest about where we are with this and why that isn't going to make the changes that. So for me, it's not a zero sum game, right? It's not. It's not that easy. We we sat here yesterday. We're recording. We talked about all the issues of this. We talked about education. We talked about access to finances. We talked about religion. We talked about health. We talked about um, what else? We talked about pharmaceutical. We mm -hmm. talked about a whole bunch of shit. Um, and as a result of that, you know, we're basically we're being choked, right? Um, and what I'm saying, the, the whole genesis of this conversation is about how we're using our natural talent to help us get some of us out of the system and help relieve some burden from people who are underneath. Okay. What system are we Right, yeah, I think we- What I system think are we trying to get them out of? Those two things. All those people with no access to finances, with no access to, in, in food deserts, with healthcare issues, not all, but the bulk of that, is people that just because this is occurring, they still won't have that access. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those aren't the people that aren't getting venture capitalist funding. And maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but this doesn't change anything for them. And so I disagree with that. So for example, you may have a, you know, a, a poor black guy in, you know, the same Atlanta, let's take me for example, I have a great idea. I'm trying to make it feed my kids, whatever. And I have this great idea, and I'm trying to get funding, and there's no way that I can get it because of the color of my skin. And someone, let's say Joe, is a hip hop artist who, you know, he has this platform and he has the ability to do it, and he's business minded, and he can listen to my idea and, and believe in my idea, which then allows me to be able to bring my product into to, to market. That's Unfortunately, Alvin, people. what happens is a lot of times the people who are partnered with these hip hop acts. Right, like the people who helped these hip hop acts get money, they stay attached to them so they can keep getting money, right? So every time Jay Z goes and invests in something and his brand and his 
you know, the the force behind him. Mm-hmm. That same racist dude throw his money in there too. So he got more money than Jay Z. He gonna invest heavier than Jay Z. He gonna make more money when that thing go big than Jay Z make. And then he gonna take that money and elect some politicians that help keep Jay Z kids in a country that don't like black people. That's mm-hmm. how that go. And money is never gonna free you from that. And the constant pursuit of money is a constant pursuit of acceptance into a white system because that money come from a white system. And that's like the thing that he we said in the beginning about Phil Knight because if you look at Jordan brands, Jordan brands donate heavily to Republicans. When people buy Jordan tennis shoes, I can guarantee you that the assumption is not that the majority of that money is going, going to go to Donald Trump or Donald Trump Republicans, right? But that is right. actually what's happening. So the face is a black man. Yes, it's, which arguably does Wait, Jordan. Wait, Jordan brand donates that way or Jordan Nike Jordan brand. Does? It's oh. Jordan brand wow. says that. Jordan brand says that. I have this thing called the good guy that Employees or company? Um, I will, wait a second. Yeah, because I, mean, I know when you yes, showed yes, me yes. before, it and was some of it a certain percentage of company. Yeah, it wasn't right? employees or was it? Yeah. But either way, that means that the company employs a lot of right. prices. Right. Yeah. Either way, it's like, ooh, not so good, right? So, <laughs> so what I'm hearing from you guys is that there's no way out the system. No, yeah, well, what you're hearing from me is that we should not talk about this system like trying to make it work for us is a good thing. We don't need this system. We should talk about getting rid of the system. What is the solve outside okay, of the system? Okay, so let's talk about that. What, I, I know yesterday we talked about, you know, a complete, you know, an extreme solution, which an example. That you was said, resegregation. That, yeah, was, that yeah, was the yeah, extreme solution. Where you said, well, for example, if we stop buying merchandise that's non black right and we doing all of that is that going to help us get out the system no no, no because okay. because capital because that's still a capitalist You're just approach switching to Correct. black capitalism yeah. it's what, still capitalism what right? we need are more employee-owned companies what we need are ceos who don't make 200 times what the employees make what we need are limits on how much wealth one person could have one person being too wealthy is automatically bad for everyone else automatically mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they do with the money mm-hmm. it's automatically bad for you that Jeff Bezos exists. Sure. That's Jeff Bezos' business existing is automatically bad for black people in my neighborhood because it got rid of a whole bunch of small black businesses. Agreed. Because he had access to systems to get wholesale discounts on products, offer products really cheap, and we're really poor in this country comparatively. Right. So we have to buy those cheap products to be able to afford our lives. So we're stuck in a system where we keep having to buy in to pay for people to subjugate us and offering a solution where we help some black people get more money, but we still pay for the solution that pay for people to subjugate us is not a solution. Which is why I said what I said before, right? That you said me, I'm a poor black guy, I'm struggling to feed my kids, but if I could just get this venture capitalist funding, those people are not doing that, right? You're still thinking about that relative to you being Alvin Glay with the PhD and MBA and a a bachelor's degree. To me, that's what I see. I don't think that it's somebody who's really in the day-to-day struggle that's like if only the white venture capitalist com- com- company hadn't shut me down. Yeah, the vast majority of black people have never thought about this. Yeah. Um, so it has no impact on their freedom. Thought about what? That how scenario much, that you uh, mentioned. Yeah, like how much? Yeah, like like how much of the white tech funding goes to black people? Because, because they're too deep in the struggle. Yeah, it, we're 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 so far removed from that being a valid solution to anything that we don't think about it. Uh maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't have the stats to, you know, to disagree with you on that. Let's so create let something. You, Let's yeah. create something. Put it online and just ask people, hey, have you ever thought about 
I, I, you already know. I yeah. mean, they're gonna say no. Right. Like we don't like most. Well, in your circle, a lot of people have, and that's. But in the whole of the globe, most black people have not thought about this. Now, most yeah. black people have not even don't even the know that that people yeah. think about how can they get out the struggle. Right. Correct. People think about how can they get out the struggle, but right. correct. And this so is what steps we're saying ahead is let's of not those... sell them capitalism out right. the way because that ain't it. What's a better approach? And Alvin, so you what's asked a, us what's a what, better approach? you asked us our thoughts, and I'm I'm going to tell you honestly, I don't know, but this ain't it. But I know we're right here at at, at the finish line, and we didn't ask you, is this the approach that you think? I think works? it's an avenue. I don't think that's the solution. I think it's an avenue that help relieve some of that burden. For sure, it can provide comfort. Right? That, that, I start exactly. there. It can provide some exactly. comfort, and, and it can be presented as that. Right, but we can't present it as any sort of a solution to any systemic injustice. Yeah, it's not I mean, do that. so it's not a, again. I started to saying it's not a zero sum game, right? I'm saying it's a solu- It's an avenue to help provide some comfort using your your I, I agree uh, with word. That. I agree with that. And relieve some of those, you know, stress that kill people early. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right? right. And it's an avenue, and I just would like to build a new highway. I think that. Oh! I'd like a new oh, take us out of here, Alvin. Take yeah, us out come of on, here. Alvin. Because what else? That's it. Build a new highway. Build a new highway. Okay, so let's let's build a new highway to get us out of the system. Like How we're gonna do that? Um, let's let's keep the dollar going. All right, man. Thanks, man. I, like I said, I, I I didn't know it was gonna go that well. That was really good yeah. for me. Listen, I mean, it's interesting to to hear the different points of view on this. Um, but for sure, let's, let's definitely keep this going.